Hello and welcome to the I Should Probably Change podcast. This is episode three. This week, I'm going to be starting right back at the beginning and exploring what it looks like to make changes towards ethical and sustainable living. This is the question which led me back in 2014 to start writing my blog, which has since morphed into this very podcast. Before I begin, I want to say two things. Firstly, this is an area where people can feel overwhelmed really quickly. It can feel like we'll never do enough. If you've never really thought about this much, then that's okay. Listen to this podcast, read a book or two, do your own research, and most of all, have some fun working out what your response is. This is not a guilt trip. Secondly, it's a privilege. A lot of the world's main worry is where their next meal is coming from. Worrying about whether that meal came wrapped in plastic is a privilege. Some sustainable changes are more expensive, which is a cost that many of us should absorb, but we should acknowledge how blessed we are to even be able to do that. Those two things said, let's jump in. I think if we're honest, most of us want to live lives that are more ethical, more conscious of the world around us. However, growing up in the 90s gave me the impression that it was only the eco-warriors, you know, the girls who wore tie-dye that could live up to this ideal. Over the years, I know I used so many different excuses as to why I wasn't living a more ethical life. It's too expensive to go green. I haven't the time to research the options. Like ethical source clothing's just doesn't look as good. Those are just a few of the things that I thought. However, somebody once asked me a question that that kept coming back to me. How do your choices oppress others? Or another way to say that would be, how am I loving God's creation and people well? This for me became the crux of the thing. Living ethically is asking How do the decisions that I make about my purchases and lifestyle oppress others, both the people and environment? As a Christian, when I started on this journey, I did really believe that this is exactly the kind of thing that God cares about deeply. So I began to have this niggling feeling that I should start working this out. That for me, this was part of my discipleship of following the way of Jesus. I realised that my excuses just didn't cut it anymore. I needed to look at the choices I made, especially because I wanted to present to my children a less confusing way to live. And so I gave myself a challenge. I would make one change a month, every month. Now they say it takes about six weeks to make a habit. So I figured introducing one change a month would give me the chance of actually making lasting change. Also, one thing a month seemed slightly more manageable than trying to change everything all at once, which is kind of definitely the way that my personality tends to go. I'm kind of an all-in person, so I really had to fight the urge to make all the changes all at once. I knew this was likely to make me feel quite confused and overwhelmed and probably quite guilty, so I fought my natural instinct and started to go slow. And I decided to start a blog to record how I got on as I tried to answer my own questions along the way. Questions like, does ethical living cost more? Can I still buy comfy jeans? And 
does it really make a difference? I promised in that blog, to be honest, to share the successes and the failures. My blog was definitely not a look at how good I am record, but rather a way of making sure I stuck to the plan. Like There is nothing like group accountability. I started by changing my shampoo. A small change, but once I really looked into what was lurking in my regular bottle and also realised that there were options that meant I wasn't putting things into landfill or even into the recycling, I was convinced that there was a difference to be made here, that I was making a difference. Since then, I've changed my energy supplier. I started buying locally where I can. I've learned lots more about the wine that I choose I've changed which shops I buy clothes from, what baby wipes I use, and even reviewed my excessive cotton wool habit. There have been surprising challenges along the way, like the time that I cried after having to send back yet another uh, pair of ethically sourced jeans that just did not fit at all. Since I started the blog, the world of green plastic-free, planet-conscious consumerism has exploded. A zero-waste um, shop opened just round the corner um, to our house and shops have stopped giving out plastic bags and, of course, David Attenborough's baby whale um, caused everybody to think more about the oceans. And these are changes that are really exciting and positive and I definitely feel more hopeful. My daughter came home the other day and she complained that her school dinner used too much plastic. You know, and those conversations show me that she is growing up in a different world to me. And that fills me with joy. And I've definitely learned a few things along the way. And I'm definitely learning lots along the way. Um, So let me just share a couple of those things with you now. The sustainable and ethical messages often feed consumerism. Specifically in the plastic-free movement, there are so many pretty bamboo containers and gorgeous reusable cups, all plastic-free, all not necessary. The best option for our planet is always to use what we have already. I'm learning not to get distracted by shiny stuff because, you know, I'm a sucker for a plastic-free product. But to ask, do I have a solution already? Or can I use up what I have before I buy a replacement? I've also learned that it's a really long journey. I've been making changes in our house for six years now, and I'm really not there yet at all. After every food shop, I just despair at the amount of plastic and the places where my food has been flown from. And to be honest, I don't know where all the clothes in my wardrobe were made. But small changes add up. And we shouldn't beat ourselves up that we still have items in our wardrobe with a less than ethical history. You know, we can have fun making changes and accept that this is a lifestyle change and it's not just a fashion fad. Taking one change a month has enabled me to make lasting habits. Habits which are now actually part of my daily life. The writer Annie Dillard said that how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. I love that. It means that we decide every day, in the details of our day, what our whole lives will look like. Small changes add up 
They make a difference. They have the potential to be world-changing. So that's the journey I've been on. But what does God say about all of this? Why is it that I think as a Christian, we need to be actively engaged with making changes in this area? Well, I think it comes back to the question that started this whole journey for me. How are my decisions oppressing others? I know that every item I purchase has a story before me and everything I discard has a story after me. These stories lead to real people and parts of the planet that are affected in a really real way. You know, we serve a God who looked out on creation and said, it is good. He was a creator happy with his creation. He delighted in it and he still delights in it. In fact, scripture talks again and again about how creation itself points towards God. Romans 1 verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. In other words, creation itself is pointing people to God. I know that it's often in God's created world that I am pointed back to him. When I see his wonder in the skies or when hiking in the hills of the Peak District, the heavens declare the glory of God. I know people who started their journey towards a relationship with God after the birth of a child and as they started to ponder on how the gift of life could possibly be a set of coincidences. It's not hard to see that a desire to treat our planet well, to steward the gifts of the earth that God has given us, is something Christians shouldn't avoid. You know, I've heard people say that since God is going to restore all things, that we should focus more on witnessing to people than campaigning about plastic. However, I just don't think that's the greatest argument. <laughs> of course, people matter the most. But if the church isn't seen to care about the state of the world, it will affect our witness. Christians should be the people who care the most about the world that God created. Because every time things are put right, every time we restore or rebuild, we are pointing forward to a day when God will restore all things. And we're pointing to a God who cares about his creation. So as I think as a Christian, we should care about this for the love of creation. And secondly, for the love of people. Because finally and most importantly, God has a lot to say on oppression and how we treat others. Throughout scripture, he, he is always found advocating for dignity, for justice, for honour to the very lowest in our culture. God's intention for humanity was that we, we did not find opportunities to oppress others, that none of us would use our privilege or power at someone else's cost. That's why we cannot stand by or worse, actively partake in systems which hold other people down. The book of Leviticus is full of God speaking and giving his people rules for how to live that will set them apart from others. There are many decrees about how God's people were to treat others. In Leviticus 19 um, verses 9 to 10, God says, When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. 
Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. He is making provision here for the poorest in society. He is saying people will know that I am your God because of how you treat the lowest in your world. And we only have to flick through the stories of Jesus to see that throughout his ministry on earth, he constantly looked to give honour to those who were oppressed. Anyone who found themselves oppressed by a system was welcomed in by Jesus. He ate with the poor, gave space for women, welcomed the outcasts. Therefore, whenever we spot oppression and choose not to affirm it as right in any area of our lives, we are walking as Jesus walked, which for me is kind of the point of the exercise. Practically for me, that means being mindful about what I purchase and who has been part of the journey. You know, the clothes trade has been um, revealed time and time again to be extremely exploitative. Once I contacted my favourite brands to ask them about their manufacturing practices and whether their employees were being paid properly. Luckily, this information is a lot easier to come by now because companies just love to shout about their ethical credentials. But it's always worth doing a bit of digging. And I would definitely recommend the website Ethical Consumer to kind of decide which companies that you want to support. Now, we have a choice here. Our money and how we spend it is powerful. And I want to finish just by saying that this is a guilt-free space. I will probably keep saying this, but we're not making change for change's sake or because we feel guilty or because we think these things will make us a better Christian. When something becomes a burdensome, guilt-inducing item on a to-do list, it's just probably time to reassess. I have regularly received messages from people and they ask for advice on what to buy or how to make ethical swaps, all those kind of things. And I always try to encourage people to have fun. Yes, I think this is a serious area where change is needed, but the result of engaging with this shouldn't be stress and guilt. I am a real work in progress with this and so are you. And the world is changing really quick. 2020 and COVID have brought a whole new set of challenges. But the key is to keep taking steps forward, to keep seeking God and asking him for where are the injustices that he wants us to write, to not let the size of the problem inhibit our response, to make those tiny little steps, to look up where your milk came from, to think about what kind of energy you want to be funding in our country, to consider which companies we buy from, tiny little steps forward. The point is to keep moving forward. And I think if we start with the question that began my journey, how am I loving God's creation and people well? then we will find that we are able to make the kind of small changes that really add up. Well, thanks for listening. Please do subscribe to this podcast. And if you've enjoyed it, please do leave a review. But until next time, let's keep looking for where God is leading us so that we can make steps towards intentional living, one change at a time.